Good morning, everyone, and a happy Easter to everybody that's here. I am so excited to be with everybody here this morning to celebrate the greatest day of the year. In sunrise service, Pastor Russ mentioned that this is the best day of the year as believers because this is the day that we celebrate our risen Savior, and I'm so happy to do that with all of you this Easter morning. We have a few announcements before we get started. Um, your bulletin is full of stuff, and I'm going to say a few things that are in there as reminders. The youth and kids need a few items, digital cameras, because the youth director doesn't let anyone bring phones on any trips. So they would really appreciate it if you had digital cameras to donate so they could take pictures at camp and um, D-Now weekends and things like that. We also need some tents because we have campouts throughout the year, and we have an awesome youth softball team, and we have several that aren't even attenders of New Hope that need um, gloves. Several people on the team need baseball gloves. So if anyone has an extra glove laying around, we would really appreciate it if you could donate to the church for that reason. And if you're out here and you are 6th through 12th grade, come out on Wednesday nights to play with us. Wednesdays at 4.30, we meet at the field to practice. Um, and just one last reminder before our Life 180 beach trip. Um, I just wanted to emphasize that one more time about how thankful we are for any donations. The beach trip that three youth are rewarded for their 32 weeks of service in scripture reading, in prayer, and in goals that they have met. And um, 32 weeks of class time with me, and it is such a huge accomplishment. So um, any giving that you have done for that, thank you. And anyone that is going to give, we really appreciate that. And my favorite part of the morning up here, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God in heaven, what a wonderful morning. A morning that I just couldn't stand to sleep through. I got up early, God, just to, to be with you in prayer and thanksgiving for what you've done. What you've promised since the beginning, since Genesis, your plan that since creation, even after the fall, your promise to save us, to deliver us, to send the deliverer, and you did. And you sent us Jesus, and he sacrificed everything for us. And we are so thankful for this morning to celebrate his resurrection, that the tomb is empty, that he has risen from the dead, and that he is our Lord and Savior, and he will come back. And we praise you for that, the truths that you've given us, the truths that are still to come, and we worship you today, and we pray that, that we worship you with happy, joyful hearts, that grief and sadness are there because this is earth, God. We all in this place struggle with something. Some things are really big right now, God, and some things might seem small to some but are big, and you are with us in all those hard times and all the problems and all the sadness and you remind us today that your word is true, that your love is great, and that your promises are forever, that they will all happen, that everything you said and will do is going to come. And it already has. And we are thankful for your truths and your guidance and that you made us. And we love you and we thank you for the people that are here for the first time, Lord. We thank you for them. We have prayed for them. We thank you that they are here in your house to worship you with us. We thank you for the members that are here each week 
in this family, and I just pray their, their homes this today and their hearts are filled with an unexplainable joy because of the sacrifice that you gave for us. We love you, God, so much, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Oh
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Praise God for today. I'm sure glad that we have today to celebrate. I'm sure glad that we have Easter Sunday that we can celebrate our risen Lord and Savior. The praise God that we have today that we can celebrate our hope in Christ that we have. Today I want to... Uh, I want you to not leave here today without Christ. I want you to leave with your faith in Jesus strengthened and secured. Or if you don't know Jesus or you're unsure of your salvation today, I want you to make sure that if you were to die today, that you would meet Jesus Christ and it would be okay. So how is your faith today? I want everybody here to be assured without question of their eternal salvation this morning. And we celebrate Easter this morning. You think back, going, going back, Jesus Christ came to earth at the Christmas manger. Go back a couple of months and we celebrated His coming. He lived a, a perfect and a, and a sinless life. And He was hated for it. You would think He would be built up and and, and honored, and that's not the case. The world hated Jesus. The world rejected Him. He died by crucifixion. They executed Him on the cross. But God raised Him from the dead, and we have an empty tomb. Amen. You see, the truth of Christianity pivots on the resurrection of Jesus. Everything we believe is, is hinged on this morning's activity 2,000 years ago. And because Christianity is the only religion that, that worships a living God. They're all made up, made out of wood or statue or, or some, some people that, that came and died and are still dead. You can still go visit their tomb and see their bones. But you can't Jesus's. Amen? There are histor historical facts that Jesus was raised from the dead. There are a few scholars today that would, that would, that would go on to say that, that Jesus never even existed. But in doing so, they simply deny historical fact. Both secular and historical records. And the Bible itself proves that Jesus was indeed a real person, a living person, that He actually walked on the earth. And see, it's hard sometimes today to think about somebody that's dead and gone that lived way before us. It's hard for us to imagine. What about your great-great-great-grandparents? Do you know them? Do you know anything about them? Do you know anything about their life? What it was like for them? We knew they were there. We knew they existed because we're here, right? But it's hard for us to imagine them and, and, and what they did and who they were and the life 
that they led. But Jesus walked on this earth. Records show, historical records show, biblical records show that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Secular and biblical. Both say that He worked miracles. Both say He he believed He was the Son of God. And both historical records and the Bible said He died by crucifixion. There are Christian and Jewish and Roman sources that all attest to that. They all validate that. In essence, there's no argument at all against Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. The ultimate question is, was He dead? And what happened after His death? Because again, that's what our religion, that's what our faith, that's what we believe in. But he was dead, that's for sure. The crucifixion had basically a three-step process. The first one was a scourging. It was also called the half-death because the victim would often die during that time. And if they weren't, if they didn't die during that beating, that horrendous beating, they were half-dead. They were beat with the Roman uh, cat-of-nine-tails whip. It was made of pieces of bone and, and metal. And, and it was designed to, be, to whip the backs of their, their victims and rip the flesh off. It was a horrendous way to, to be punished. Julius Caesar wrote that it was more grievous to be scourged than to be put to death. And then you had the, the second step, the crucifixion itself, being nailed to a cross letting them hang there uh, in the tremendous amount of pain uh, until the blood stopped flowing in their breath and they stopped breathing. That one itself would say they were dead, but, but in order to make sure they were dead, they gave them a death blow. That death blow was uh, several different things. It could have been smashing their head. It could have been uh, stabbing them through the heart and the lungs to make sure they were dead, or some were set on fire. Some were taken off the cross or, or left to hang there for the, for the vultures to eat, the wild animals to eat. And so they made sure that, that regardless of whatever that day brought, they were going to make sure that that victim was dead. Because if that victim were to live, the Roman soldiers would be accountable. And they would pay with their life. And so, hey, I'm not going to die. <laughs> You're going to die. That was a Roman soldier attitude. And so they made sure without question that he was dead. And so we know for a fact that, that Jesus was dead. Again, his crucifixion isn't just Christian doctrine, but, but a factual piece of, of history that's accepted by virtually every historian. Uh, the atheist uh, New Testament scholar Gerd Ludemann says Jesus' death was a consequence of crucifixion or His death of, as a consequence of crucifixion is indisputable. John Crossman from the Jesus Seminar said there's not the slightest doubt about the fact of crucifixion under Pontius Pilate. Marcus Borg 
of the Jesus Seminar also said, Jesus' execution is the most certain fact about the historical Jesus. So there's no question as to whether he died. So we've got that established. We know that he lived. We know for certain that he died. And we have both biblical and and secular historians and atheists that agree on that. And so the question is, was he alive after his death? Was he alive after his death? Paul wrote down in an early Christian creed found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you want to turn there, we're going to look there for a few minutes this morning. It was written around A.D. 55, and it says in that passage that, that he had already received it. He, he was receiving this from somebody else, and he was passing it on to the Corinthian church. And in being in Scripture, he's passing it on to us. And scholars believe that, that it was formulated just a few months after Jesus' death. It was put together and, and began to be passed on through the Christian culture down to us today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 through 8, it says, For I delivered you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. And that He appeared to Cephas, then to twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom were still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then He appeared to James, then to the apostles. Last of all, to one untimely born, He appeared also to me. And so you have from an accepted authoritative source here, Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and He's appeared to numerous people in different settings. He appeared to, to individuals. He appeared to small groups, large groups. He, he appeared to His friends and, and, and those who opposed Him. His friend, He mentions James and Paul. Or Peter and the apostles, of course, they were his friends, but those who opposed him at the time were James and Paul. James at the time, his brother didn't believe him at this point that he was the Messiah. And of course, Paul at this time, he's still going out killing Christians. He's still persecuting the Christians in the land. And so he says there that he appeared to all of them, friends and foe alike, after he was raised from the dead. Jesus' followers and disciples not only preached the good news, but they believed it. They were willing to die, and they, they did die for their beliefs. I asked the question this morning, you know, what would it take us to testify to Jesus the way they did in the early church? Because they knew at the early, at the early church, they knew that, that Christ had risen that He was alive, that He was walking around. That's what motivated them to go and tell. What our motivation should be is that also God's Word says, not only that He came, He lived, He died, and was resurrected, He went to heaven, but also what? He's coming back. And that should prompt us to go and tell the world that, that He is coming back. 
so that no one would leave this earth without Christ. Christ came. He, he, he came to live a, a sinless life among us. And, and He experienced life as a man, as a person. And then He showed us how to live, how to forgive, how to move on, how to accept uh, rejection. He died an undisputable death on the cross. He gave His body and, and He shed His blood so that our sins could be forgiven. So that our sins. So that the lies that we tell, the things that we steal, the things that we covet, the times we put things in this world ahead of God, the times we don't honor our mother and father, Jesus, Jesus said, I came for that. I came so that you could have life. You see, God raised him from the dead for that. God raised him on the third day to prove that Jesus was and is the only Son of God, and therefore he is able to forgive sin. He and he alone is able to offer eternal life where nobody else and no other God can only the Lord Jesus Christ. And then He's coming again. He's coming to bring eternal judgment on every person that rejects Him. For every person that says no to you, I want it my way, I want life my way, I want to live my agenda, my desires, there'll be a price to pay. Because Jesus is coming back and He's going to bring judgment on that. But when He comes back, He's also going to take His children with Him. He's going to take those who, who do believe Him and who have accepted Him. He's going to take them back to heaven to live in eternity with Him. Let me ask you today, again, are you ready for that? Whether you meet Jesus in the air or you meet Him in death, one day we're all going to stand before Him. And so are you ready for that? Revelation 1.7 says, Look, He's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Everybody's going to see Him. Even those who pierced Him. Everybody through all of eternity is going to see Him. In Romans 14, 11, Paul is quoting uh, Isaiah 45, verse 23, and he says, it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will acknowledge God. There are people today that reject Jesus Christ, reject uh, Him and, 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 and everything about Him, but one day they're going to acknowledge. They will bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ and acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior of all. The resurrection of Jesus is, is very well attested historical fact and he promised that he would rise from the dead and he did he promised that he's going to return and he will you see there's nothing in God's word that's not come to pass every word in there is true God said that he was going to die God Jesus said he was going to die Jesus said he was going to come back to life and Jesus also said he's coming back to earth to bring judgment and to take his children home and so are we are we ready for that 
You see, that fact should, should build up our faith in Christ and help us trust in Him more deeply just by knowing that. But for those who aren't believers, folks, this should deeply trouble you. This should trouble you to know that, that Jesus really did rise from the dead. And because everything that was said about Jesus in His birth and His death and His resurrection has come to pass, it, it, again, it should truly bother us that, that He's batting 100% here. And He's coming back. Are you ready? Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, it says, And if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. And so if all that was indeed hoopla, if it was just a grand scheme and, 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 and a, just something to, to distract everybody, if that was the case, we might as well just go home. There's no, really, there's no point in us meeting here today. There's no point in me being up here. There's no point in, in us reading our our Bible are gathering to worship because it would just be pointless if Christ didn't rise from the, from the dead. And so why are we here? Because, God, because Jesus Christ, God raised Him from the dead. In other words, if Jesus' Easter resurrection is not real, our faith is pointless. We've just wasted a lot of time Today and through the years, we've wasted a lot of time on some nice clothes. It's just pointless. We're going to die without hope. However, since it's been proven that He did rise from the dead, our faith is real. And we have an eternal hope. And today, I pray that everybody in here has that Eternal hope. The empty tomb. Think about it. The empty tomb. When they placed Jesus in the tomb, they rolled a, a tremendous boulder in front of it. They put guards in front of it so that nobody could get in. And Jesus wasn't supposed to get out, but He did. But they sealed it to make sure, to keep Him in there. They put the guards around it to make sure nothing would happen to Him. And what happened? The stone was rolled open and the tomb was empty. Oh, and they found his dead body down the road. No, they didn't. <laughs> they never found his dead body. They found his living body. Amen? And he is alive today. Instead of somebody finding his dead body, hundreds of people saw him alive. They saw him in different places at different times, in different circumstances. And so they all said, we saw him alive. We were talking this morning where Jesus told Peter, don't just touch me. He said, stick your finger inside of me to know that it's me. He said, look at my arms. Look at my hands. You see the holes? That's me. I am the real deal. I am Jesus alive. And Thomas believed. God 
God's Word says, because we have their testimony, they believe. But because they, we have their testimony, we too can believe. We can believe. We can put our trust in Him. We can know that, that He has the authority. That He has the authority to, to offer eternal life. He has the authority to say your sins are forgiven and that you can be saved. Again, the disciples put their reputation on the line for this. Their livelihood was at stake. They were willing to share the gospel in the face of great persecution. They even died for believing in Jesus and His resurrection. Again, churches were built and an entire religion was built around what happened on that Easter morning. And it's one fact that we can't forget either. It's never happened before, never happened again. But this is the greatest global event to ever take place. Remember the entire world calendar that we keep time with was changed because of Jesus. Folks, if that wasn't, if he wasn't real, if he wasn't the real deal, somebody really messed up. But these disciples, they were. They were willing to give their life for what they believed. And I don't think anybody is going to die for a lie. If you start projecting a lie when the rubber hits the road, you're going to say, hey, you know, when you're faced with life and death, you're going to confess the lie. Nobody did. Because they believed Jesus, because they knew He was the Messiah. And not only all of the, the scriptural references we have, the secular references that we have, more than that, we have people that are having their lives transformed every day by the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mine has been changed, many of yours have been, has been changed by the good news of Jesus. Have, has your life been changed? You see, the fact that He was raised to life, it proves that, that Jesus was indeed God's only Son. And because He was raised to life, He alone has the ability to forgive sin and offer eternal life. Jesus' resurrection is, is the basis of our belief that, that death does not have the final word. The cross does. The empty tomb does. Because Jesus conquered death and the grave. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess and your faith and are saved. 
As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never, never be put to shame. John eleven twenty five and 26. He's talking to Mary and Martha, and he, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Jesus asked her there, do you believe this? The question for us today is, do you, do you believe this? Does Jesus live in your heart? Is He your Savior? And if not, what are you going to do with Jesus today? The other question is, does Jesus live in your heart? And, and if He does, what are you going to do with Him today? Isaiah chapter 25, verse 9 says, In that day they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in Him and He saved us. This is the Lord we trusted in Him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. Isaiah 45 says, Turn to me and be saved. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. There is no other. Our hymn of invitation this morning does a great job of summarizing our, our message this morning. It's called Glorious Day, or, or, or the, the glorious day and, and, and that the cross has the final word. It states once again the, the facts about Jesus and so you have to decide today what you will do with Him. Will you accept Him and be saved and receive eternal salvation or will you reject Him yet again and bring judgment upon yourself? Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day for you to be saved. Today is the day for you to surrender your life completely and wholeheartedly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been playing the game with Christ here lately. Today is the day He wants you back. Today is the day He wants you all in. He wants all of your heart. And only you, only you can make that decision. For whatever God has placed on your heart today, whatever God's calling you to do at this moment, only you can decide. And only you can respond. Because God is speaking to you. You make your decision and join me as we sing Glorious Day today. Father God, we do love you. We thank you for your son. We thank you, Father, for the, for the opportunity to live in all of eternity with you. We thank you for the promises of your word that, that offers salvation and the forgiveness of our sin if we repent, if we change our ways, if we confess our sin, Lord, and and give our life to you. And oh, what a glorious day it will be when we meet you face to face if we've done that. And so, Father, today, for whoever's watching, whoever's sitting and listening, 
God, you have spoken your word into their hearts. And God, I pray today that they would respond to you, that they would accept you as their Lord, or that they want to be back with you again. And so, Father, just hear our prayers. And we give you praise. For you are a great and wonderful, loving and forgiving God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
Freely 